The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to see my best friend's wedding. Today is just us girls that are here because the boys decided to go on vacation and not record a podcast. And today we have with us Holly Hart. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? What are you drinking? I am drinking a raspberry white claw. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Modelo Michelada, but I don't think that's my part yet, but okay. (laughs) Thanks for asking. And then we have Elizabeth. How are you, Elizabeth? Good. How are you, Erica? Good, good. What are you drinking? Uh, Modelo Michelada as well. Ah, woman after my own heart. And today making his special debut, Mr. Kyle Kalilong. Hello, how's it going? Good. What are you drinking? I am drinking a White Claw as well. Beautiful. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Oh my God. White Claw, hire him. (laughs) Anyways, so we are reviewing today My Best Friend's Wedding, considered one of the best romantic comedies of all time, starring Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney, Cameron Diaz, and Rupert Everett. It was released June 20th, 1997, and was produced by Zucker Brothers Production and distributed by TriStar Pictures. It was directed by PJ Hogan and written by Ronald Bass. And before we get into the behind the scenes, Holly, why don't you hit us with the financials? Okay, so the production budget for this movie was $38 million. Um, it's opening weekend. It made $21,678,377, and it was number two in the box office that weekend. Um, overall, domestically, it made $127,120,029. Foreign, it made $172 million with some change. And then worldwide, it made $299,288,605. It's a that, lot of numbers. That's a, I know. <laughs> so it made about three hundred million. I'm just going to agree. That sounds pretty decent. Yeah, fight me on those numbers, guys. Those Fire are really sources, good numbers. Please. <laughs> 1987 was actually a really fun year for movies because a lot of really good movies came out. Um, My Best Friend's Wedding shook out at number six overall. Um, number one was obviously Titanic. Two was Men in Black. Three was The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Four was Liar Liar. And five was As Good As It Gets. So the lost world beat my best friend's wedding. Shocker. Shocker. I mean, I can't that, believe Titanic beat my best friend's wedding. But here we that are. That dinosaur release in San Diego. That's what killed my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. All right, Elizabeth, do you want to hit us with the reviews from the critics? Sure. So for Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 73%. So 73% of people liked it. The average rating was a 6.43 out of 10 with a total of 59 votes. The audience also gave it a 73%. So that's a little bit odd because usually the audience scores a little higher than critics. Um, the audience gave it an average rating of 3.2 out of 5 with over 451,000 votes. I think it's a 100% movie. <laughs> so, I mean, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. I honestly don't know because this is like the first time that I watched it was for this podcast. So I really had no other view on it except for the fact that I knew like a couple scenes from it, but when I saw 73%, that just seemed a little bit low in comparison to like how iconic, not to bring it up, (laughs) how iconic (laughs) the movie is, especially like certain scenes, certain parts of it, because you'd think that would have a higher rating if it had such a like cultural impact. I mean, everything I've read, and I'm going to agree with it, it's stated that it's the best romantic comedy of all time. 
I mean, I want to go that far. No, I was, I was, I was saying I want to go that far. I wouldn't say it's the best rom com, but I would think it would be higher than seventy three percent for sure. Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about best. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has the top 150 romantic movies of all time. Oh. Where do you think this falls? Girlfriend did her research. Yes, she came with receipts. <laughs> Where do you think this falls? Oh, so this is romantic movies yes, or romantic comedies? Uh, romantic comedies. Okay. So it's romantic Out of 150? Comedies. Yes. Ooh, I'm going to go with at least top 10. I would, say, I would say like 25. I would say 25 as well. Okay, so a couple that I found. 10 Things I Hate About You was... 138. Jeez. What? what? One of Mugga's favorites, Hitch, was 121. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Okay. This, I'm scared now. I've gotten, like, sweating. <laughs> like, where are we at? Like, this movie is 114. Okay. Stop. What's number one? What's number one? Number one, it got a 98%, was It Happened One Night, which was made in 1934. Are you guys familiar with that movie? No. No. I was not even and a I twinkle. I didn't know that my grandma knew how to use a computer, so <laughs> here we are. 1934. You know what? Post Great Depression, they really needed some pick-me-up, so. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I need to pause. I need to pause. <laughs> Kyle, so you are bad. a star. I am. Why have we not had you here before? I am horrified that it's number 114. And Hitch what's number like two? One. Yeah, what's number two? Let me do, I'm going to do um, right, IMDb first. Okay. Cool. So, okay. Go ahead, Liz. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.3 out of 10 with over 118,000 votes. Males gave it a 6.1 out of 10 and females gave it a 6.6 out of 10. Hmm. Females under 18 gave this a higher rating, 7.0 with only 16 votes. So take that how you want. Um, males aged 30 to 44 gave this a 6.1 out of 10 with over 29,000 votes. Um, it seems like it appeals more to people who were alive when it came out. So I can see that. Julia Roberts in her heyday. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go through the top 10. Okay. Beautiful. Um, number really two good. is The Big Sick that was released in 2017. What? No. Who's it was in a that? Netflix movie. No, it was... I mean, it was good, don't get me wrong, but... Okay, keep okay. going. Number two is... A lot. Number three, The Philadelphia Story, released in 1940. Okay. A lot of Great Depression movies, <laughs> as Kyle Grandma, said. Grandma, get off IMDb. <laughs> Number four, Roman Holiday, released in 1953. Audrey Hepburn, right? Yes. Oh, oh Kyle. Oh, you got a cultured bitch. <laughs> Number six, My Man Godfrey, released in 1936. Not to be confused with Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Iago. <laughs> star in his own right <laughs> number seven crazy rich asians oh, wow. released in 2018 okay. not me or kyle <laughs> number eight the lady eve released in 1941 number nine city lights released in 1931 and number 10 annie hall released in 1977 with diane keaton so i think it's safe to say that a lot of the top movies were kind of old-timey not necessarily of our generation right right yeah like the idea of what romance but should be, I feel like. What I would say is like maybe in the 90s and like maybe late 80s is kind of when the most, I guess, stereotypical romantic comedies kind of came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got Pretty Woman, we've got um, My Best Friend's Wedding, just pretty much anything with Julia Roberts can kind of be considered like a classic romantic Notting comedy. Hill, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so... What rank was Annie Hall again? Like number nine, number ten? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, that is the movie. As in, 
avid Star Wars fan, that is the movie that beat out Star Wars in the Academy Awards, and I'm just blasphemy. Still, still bitter. 2019. Bad <laughs> still bitter. 2019. Anyways, it's like when Christina Aguilera won Best New Artist over Britney Spears. We will it's never just, forget. We will never forget. Please. Let's thoughts and prayers, guys. <laughs> now let's get into the behind the scenes. All right, so this movie was directed by P.J. Hogan. P.J. Hogan had actually directed several small films in the past, but in 1994, he directed the Australian film, Muriel's Wedding, which garnered him much success. And due to that film, Julia Roberts actually chose Hogan to direct My Best Friend's Wedding. She's out here choosing people? (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll get into Julia Roberts and her whole hand in all of this whole entire movie, casting, directing and whatnot. So according to Ron Bass, the screenwriter, it took several years to come up slash make this movie. Um, Really quick, I just want to go over Ron Bass's accolades because he actually wrote a ton of movies, Rain Man being one of them. I see you, Ron. Yeah. The Joy Luck Club, Waiting to Exhale, (laughs) Dangerous Minds, and Stepmom. Okay. Stepmom. He has partnered with Julia quite a bit. Um, Going back to how the movie came up, the idea for the movie came up when he was in a meeting with his agents and they would just sit around and throw ideas of what kind of movies they wanted to film. Um, This particular day in time, someone brought up a newspaper article of a woman that found out about an ex's marriage, which led her to realize she should have never let this person go. So it took a couple years, but initially Bass thought that there should be a film where the girl was the best friend and finally realized after all these years of being close to this person that she was in love with that person and would go after him to try and win him back from marrying this other female that was close to him. Right. A couple months later, Bass ended up attending a large socialite party in Chicago where it ended up being a four-day wedding affair and that's when he realized it would be the perfect setting for this specific romantic comedy. A lot of the production bigwigs actually enjoyed the screenplay very much, but they weren't 100% on board because they were skeptical of the then unconventional ending of the lead actually not getting the guy in the end. It took a long time for a lot of people to agree on it, but while working on another project in Hong Kong, Bass had received a fax saying that the script was sold to a studio and that Julia Roberts was attached to play the lead character, Julianne Potter, which will lead to Julia Roberts' influence on who would be cast in the movie. So a little background really quick on Julia Roberts. She started her career in the 80s with several small films and TV shows, but was put on the map as an actress for her performance in the 1989 comedy drama Steel Magnolias. Roberts garnered... Garnered. Garnered. Gargled. Roberts gargled. What the fuck was she gargling? (laughs) Magnolias. Steel. Magnolias. It's hard to gargle. Okay. It's really hard to swallow. Steel. Magnolias. Roberts garnered worldwide fame when she starred opposite Holly's favorite movie from Richard Gere in 1990s, Pretty Woman. It really is, though. Like, you you would come over to my apartment on multiple times, and that would just be on in the background. One time she was dressed like Julie Roberts' character in Pretty Woman. As a prostitute. More than once she's trying to protect my honor. <laughs> this vacuuming, okay? <laughs> Anyways. Roberts was obviously selected to play Jules since the script was sold into a studio with her playing the lead. But 
the role was almost offered to Sandra Bullock and reportedly Sarah Jessica Parker. See, I feel like Sandra Bullock and Julie Roberts kind of have like very parallel careers, yes. especially in the 90s. And right. even as a child, I remember not knowing the difference between the two. So it's kind of funny that literally she almost played that part that kind of cemented her career. But if I can just say this, I feel like, yes, I absolutely agree with you because I feel the same way. But I feel like Sandra Bullock, whenever you talk about her, people are just like, she's so nice. She's so sweet. But then Julia Roberts is very polarizing. Like either you like her or you you absolutely don't like her. I love her. So I feel like this part, there are aspects that like in the beginning, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then at the end of it, you're just like, this person is a psycho. Right. And I couldn't see like Sandra Bullock really pulling that off. Sarah Jessica Parker, absolutely not. But... Sandra Bullock, like, she's just too likable. Yeah, she is. So, speaking of casting, when it came to casting the movie, since Julia Roberts was already offered the lead role, she had a lot to do with picking who would play who in the film. Was she, like, an executive producer? Like, no. I'm just wondering why she has so much weight in this. She was America's sweetheart. <laughs> okay. She literally was not a producer, nothing like that. She just knew who she wanted in the movie, pretty much. Hell yeah. Get it, um, so, she handpicked... Dermot Mulroney to play the role of Michael. Mulroney already had a decent track record under his belt for films and TV. He started his career by signing up his senior year in college for open auditions with agents from the William Morris Agency, which landed him his first few films and TV appearances in the 80s, which were generally drama films. Um, Most of his lead roles in the 90s ended up being rom-coms, except for Angels on the Outfield, where he played the dad that left his kid in foster care because the Angels didn't win the pennant, and it sucked. We'll never forget that. We'll never forget that. You left your child. That's why I don't buy his performance in this movie at all. (laughs) Cameron Diaz was cast as Kimberly Wallace. Um, Roberts also had a hand in the casting of Kimmy. Drew Barrymore auditioned for the role, and they heavily considered her, but Roberts thought that Diaz would make a more believable Kimmy. Thoughts? I mean, was this pre or post mask? Post mask. Okay, so that makes sense, but I do feel like she kind of brings like the very young energy that this like Kimmy needed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, being like kind of like a naive twenty-year-old, I feel like Cameron Diaz kind of fit the bill in every aspect. She was young, she was blonde, she was pretty, and like you could totally see her being as kind of like coming from dad's money, a spoiled rich girl. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of the mask, little fun fact about Cameron Diaz: she did not start her career as an actor until the age of 21. She was a model before that. When she actually auditioned for The Mask, she had zero acting experience. She also went to high school with Snoop Dogg. She used to buy her weed from Snoop Dogg. Exactly. I wonder if they still hang out now. They probably don't. (laughs) Probably still her weed connect, let's let's be honest. Probably. Um, But surprisingly enough, actually not surprisingly, I take that back, um, this role as Kimmy established her as Hollywood's newest it girl. Because didn't she get something about Mary, like, right Right after? Right after, 1998. So, Rupert Everett was cast as George Downs, Julianne's best friend. Everett started his acting career in theater and made his way into the music scene, releasing his own album of pop songs. We're going to have to look that up. He was... (laughs) We're going to have to play that later. He was actually on the backup vocals for Madonna's American Pie. Wow. They're best friends. I feel like it would just be dance floor anthems at this point. Club hits, bangers. Club hits. Club hits. Fun fact, he was also an author, releasing novels in the 80s and 90s. So what can't he do? Right. Nothing. He is a strong gay man. (laughs) So is he gay in real life? He's gay in real life, yes. Okay. Yeah. So originally, George had a minor role, which Everett quoted as literally two lines 
in the script. Everett initially was very hesitant about participating in this film due to how minor the role was, even calling it career aside. Due to how popular the character was with focus groups, Everett's role was rewritten and given more screen time. His performance as George was scene-stealing, award-winning, and launched Everett to worldwide fame. I read, too, that he kind of pushed for to be in more scenes. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. I mean, it makes sense, because we'll talk about it later, I guess, with the treasures, but I noticed that every single treasure I had, or every single one of my favorite scenes in the movie, revolved around George kind yes. of either facilitating it, or he was the main person doing it, but, I mean, it just kind of goes to show that you could take a little role and kind of turn it into something big. Exactly. Due to the focus groups, like, wanting more of George, Bass ended up stating that he wanted to write something where the smartest, best, wisest, most terrific person in the movie was gay because there wasn't anything like that in those days. Like that wasn't an open thing. People weren't really into it. So he wanted to expose that right. and give them that like opportunity. And I will even say it kind of took me towards maybe about halfway through the movie to even realize that he was gay. What? <laughs> Maybe that's just me, bad gay. Well, so as Michael this said, this is a video podcast, but you could see me clutching my pearls right Everyone now. In the room just looks imagine, at me like record screech. <laughs> as Michael said, I just thought you were gay. Yes, actually gay. Yeah. So, color me pink. I'm sorry. His dinner party where he's like his book readings. Like I said, halfway through the movie, okay. I didn't understand, but oh my goodness! In hindsight, I get it now. You get it Why now. he's so fabulous? Yes. Okay. When it came to the ending of the movie, the focus groups that participated actually hated Julianne so much for what she did to Michael and Kimmy that they didn't want her to have a happy ending, and some of them actually want her to die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, like, These focus groups, they are they're they're, they're brutal. I'm full of feelings. <laughs> it wasn't diet feelings at all. I am thinking these focus groups just... It happened to them too. Right, yeah, because I also heard that they had to change and kind of rewrite a lot of like the third act of the movie mm-hmm. to kind of at least get people to sympathize or maybe for them to relate to Julia Roberts a little bit more because, I mean, if you think about it, on paper, she, <laughs> she's ruthless. She's terrible. She's, she's a terrible she's human being. She's terrible. Being. She does everything wrong. So it's kind of hard for people to relate to that or even to try to root for her. Yeah. At first, it was just like, okay, like there was like that self awareness of like, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but like I'm doing it for his best good. And then she crosses a line and then you're over it. Um, But I read the same thing. I read that like eight months after they wrapped, they had to go back and reshoot scenes. And like in the final wedding scene, she's wearing a wig because she had a pixie cut. Yes. So like in the final scene, she's wearing like Julie Roberts is wearing a wig. Lace front wig. Lace front. Wig has been snatched. (laughs) Um, there was actually originally, originally, the end scene was supposed to be where Jules is at the wedding and a man, I can't remember his name, but the guy. John who, Corbett. Yes, the guy who plays Big in Sex. No, he plays Aiden. Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. He Aiden, plays Aiden. Aiden. Aiden, sorry. I'd never watched Sex and the City, fun fact. I know. If you don't see. Clutching Once my again, pearls. Clutching our pearls. <laughs> I'm a terrible female for not watching Sex and the City. I'm sorry. Me okay, either. So. <gasps> Double pearls have been clutched. Okay, so my pearl necklace just fell off to the ground. Pearls everywhere. <laughs> so Aiden, right? Yes. Okay, Aiden. So he was originally supposed to tap Jules on the shoulder, and it was kind of supposed to be a oh, Jules gets the happy ending after all, implying that she was going to meet someone new. Meet someone new. The focus groups didn't want her to have a happy ending at all. So 
Hogan. So they hooked up with George. <laughs> I know. Hooked him up with a gay man. That sounds like a happy ending to me. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Um, but Hogan liked the chemistry of Jules and George so much that if she were to end up in the arms of another guy, that the guy should have been George, her actual best friend throughout right. this whole entire movie, who supported her through all of her crazy antics. Right. And I think it kind of says a lot, the fact that, you know, grand scheme of things, yeah, she didn't get to end with the guy, but, you know, it's kind of like the message is your friends will always be there for you. And ultimately, those are the people that, you know, will support you through things and you don't necessarily no need to have a guy. No judgment. Yes. Okay, so the filming of this movie, everything was filmed in Chicago. Even the classy New York restaurant scene was actually filmed in Chicago. That man that was yelling at the guy, I will kill your whole family if you don't get this right, was actually this man named Charlie Trotter, and he was a celebrity chef, not as famous as Gordon Ramsay, but whatever. Never. Um, but that was actually Charlie Trotter's in Chicago that they filmed that at. That was the actual man who had a five-star restaurant and wanted people not to fuck up and... Get that promo. Get that promo. (laughs) Um, A lot of the locations are accurate. O'Hare Airport, where we saw in Home Alone. White Sox Stadium, which I want to point out, was referred to Comiskey Park, the original name of White Sox Stadium, which today is Cellular Field. So her, I like that they went White Sox and not Cubs. That was a... Oh, Jesus Christ. So that was a good her one. her father's supposed to be like the owner of... Of the White Sox. The White Sox, got it. And a yeah. multimedia conglomerate. <laughs> As we've seen. Yeah. That scene where they're riding the ferry took forever to film because people kept recognizing Roberts and yelling at her from the bridges that they went under. Like, hey, Julia. Can you imagine trying to film like an intimate romantic scene while <laughs> someone up... In the outskirts, just yelling your name. Julia! Julia! Getting berated. Yeah. I think they had to ignore that a lot, too. Like, they edited that out of certain scenes. Yeah. But they, the actors, actresses themselves had to, like, ignore. Professionals. Yeah. And uh, Dermot actually was quoted saying that no one was recognizing him. And he was kind of, <laughs> like, down about it. Because everyone just kept saying, hey, Julia, hey, Julia. And then finally, someone said, hey, Dermot. And to his excitement, he turned around for being recognized and turned out to be his like best friend from college. And he was like, oh, hey, John. Like, good to see you. Everyone thought he was a PA. <laughs> right? You're, you're an extra. You're here to just dance. Um, I want to get into the music really quick. The song, I Say a Little Pray for You, was featured heavily in this film, and it made the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 1997. I know Holly and I sing that at our top of our lungs sometimes. Yes. So. Dionne Warwick till we die. Dionne Warwick. <laughs> if you didn't know who Dionne Warwick was before that movie, you know who that is now. But what, was, what did he say? He's like, I was visiting Dionne Warwick. And then he's like, whose real name was Jerry? Like, what did he say? Like, <laughs> yeah, what did he say? Like something like that. So it I, took me like years to put that together because I really thought he was visiting. Dionne Warwick right, so in the hospital and then he's like and then she popped through a vision a vision in, in pink. Pink. pink you don't wear pink <laughs> that's something I that you would say during a story someone pink. was telling you oh but Michael she wears pink <laughs> really quick though so I say a little prayer for you that what people have now called the crab scene for uh, oh because the okay, crab claws in the it, background yeah. the crab claws that was actually Hogan's idea to have George lead that whole entire restaurant in a sing-along he wrote that into the script maybe like a week before they filmed it. It was not in the original script and it ended up being one of the most favorite scenes in the movie. I will, that's So like I said, I didn't see the movie prior to this, but I did know of that scene. 
I didn't know the context. Just a I lobster claws waving it, in the background. Because I'd only seen that scene, I assumed that this movie was a musical. <laughs> so <laughs> look at my surprise when it was not, in fact, a musical. Kyle's like, where's the choreography? Where are the costumes? <laughs> like, this is a very lazy musical. <laughs> Can a bitch get a falsetto, please? <laughs> Fun fact, that was filmed at a Joe's Crab Shack. Stop. I love that for them. I love that. Yeah, which is no longer there because rest in peace is Joe's Crab Shack. Are all of them closed? Yeah, they're all closed. People actually come to Chicago looking for that place, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It actually closed before the movie was released. Really? Yes. Yeah. It was struggling, and that's the only reason that they let them in to film that. They should have kept it open. Do you know how long it took to film that scene? No, I do not. Seven days. Jesus. Really? I'm- Three days alone for the song. It makes sense because the actual four scene days itself, for the crap dancing in the background. The scene itself, I was like, while watching, I was like, this is going on far too long. Right. <laughs> like it was like a fever dream. I was like, there's no way that they're actually reciting the entire song from beginning to end. I want to rewatch it after this podcast is over because yeah. it's like my favorite scene. Right. No, I felt like I felt like they capitalized on the song. It got good. The old man was like, "What only?" You know what I'm talking about? Like Not the guttural noise. They, they feature it. Guttural noise that he makes, and so I'm like, okay, we've reached we've reached our crescendo, if you will. Variety. And then it's like, then the piano starts. Yeah. Like, like, where did the okay. piano guy come like, from? Did he take off his crab claws? Yeah, he took off his okay. crab claws and started playing the piano. And then I'm like, okay, we got a little accoutrement with the piano, and then it just keeps going. It keeps escalating. Like right when I think it's too much, it's too long. The clapping. The crab comes out. The clapping. Then the Caucasians joining in. Oh, you. And I will say, so... <laughs> I'm sweating thinking about it. They got all the money's worth by buying the rights to that song because they, from what I noticed, they had it three times in the movie. They did. They, they, they used that song heavily yeah. in this movie. So in my mind, they're, I feel like they kind of knew that it was going to end up being like an iconic scene, which is why they put it, you know in the crab scene and then they had it at the end with the wedding and then it was even in the end credits so it's kind of like they knew what they were doing yeah. they, they knew they knew I want that that's song to they, play at my wedding that's they got that Oscar nom for that song they did they got a lot their soundtrack actually won best soundtrack in Australia for this movie I was movie. say I was like it's a really tough year in 1997 when you think about what it's going up against against US yeah Celine Dion Titanic. she was a queen she was a queen a queen amongst queens she was better than Beyond Woolwick <laughs> Dion, Dion. Beyonce Warwick. Beyonce Warwick. Whose real name is Jerry. <laughs> Though she came through the door. A vision in pink. <laughs> All right. Speaking of awards, uh, this film was recognized at the Oscars, the BAFTAs, and the Golden Globes. Um, it was nominated for the 1998 Academy Award for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score, but guess who they lost it to? Titanic. My heart will go on. Comedy and musical score, Kyle, not drama. You guys didn't think that was funny? And <laughs> <laughs> Titanic. We're all looking at her. She's on a door. This dumb bitch can't She's get on the door. She said she'll never let go. <laughs> Joke's on you, did. motherfucker. Bye. <laughs> and then the biggest joke was she dropped that diamond lotion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but seriously. <laughs> um, the Full Monty. Okay. Shut the fuck up. Which kind of actually is a musical, so it makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a cinematic adventure. Yes. That's what that movie is. That, they're all nude in that movie, right? Yeah, it's like they turn It's like strippers. middle-aged men trying to make an income and become male Chippendales. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they're like English, and so it's hilarious. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. Yeah, you gotta get on it. Okay. Um, it was also nominated for the Golden Globes for Best Motion Picture for a Comedy or Musical. Julia Roberts was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical, 
And our sweet baby, Rupert Everett, received his first Golden Globe nomination ever for Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. He didn't win that year, though, but he won the year after for some, like, random movie. I think it was, like... I don't know, Inspector Gadget or he some got shit. His, it's fine. He got his. He got his. But he actually did bag a... Bag secured. <laughs> bag secured. He actually ended up winning a lot of awards for his role as Rupert. Not Rupert. Not George. Rupert. George. I got my men confused. <laughs> That's an easy joke. I'm just not going to go <laughs> yeah, there. We're, gonna go we're just going to... We're going to let that slide. We're going to let that one go. Fun facts. It was the eighth highest grossing film of 1997. It never made it to the number one spot because of Batman and Robin. Batman oh. and Robin, like, I guess it opened that same Which, weekend. fun fact, is probably one of my favorite Batman movies. What? That's with, yep. like, Poison Ivy. Fight me. Fight me. All, Mr. All Freeze? Yes. Mr. Freeze? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I thought it was you. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, just, I, I was just saying that Batman and Robin is a cinematic adventure Jeez. that a lot of people overlook. <laughs> and you were the only one to think that. I, <laughs> I'm no. an army of small people, but, like, trust me, I'm feisty, so. The only one to think that movie was... Good. Okay, you're saying when he like when he's like stay cool, bird boy, and like <laughs> takes the diamond, like you're not hyped by that. Take a drink I every time see the joy in all of your eyes, and you guys are fucking haters. This okay? is not this is not a visual podcast, but that was a silent laugh for me. Crying. You're and I'm crying. crying. That was a silent laugh for me, and I was because literally crying. it brought you so much joy oh when our governor. Who signed my college degree? <laughs> by the way, Arnold. Was, Arnold. When the girl's like, "I'm feeling hot," and he's like, "I find that hard to believe." I can't even do it, but I get so excited. That was really good, Arnold. Is that you? <laughs> Maria Shriver, where are you at? <laughs> surprise appearance on twenty dollar pod. Maria Shriver, come get your man. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, that's that's for another time, another podcast. Yes, but yes, I, yes. if we ever do Batman and Robin. In there, like swimwear. We're never doing Batman and Robin. <laughs> but, I mean, that's up to the boys to decide. But as far as us four here, well, they're on vacation, so I might try to sneak it in here. Okay, <laughs> we should actually you sneak really that should. in. All right, guys. Fun facts. Anyone have any fun facts or anything that you notice about this movie that was weird? I am going to start Ooh. because I'm obnoxious. I had to text Kerwin earlier today, and I had well, to. He's ask- on vacation. He's off the clock. But you know what? He's like my little brother, so he'll respond. He'll respond timely. But I asked him, I said, Kerwin, have you ever had a suit made for you? He says no. And I said, all right, well, fuck. If you... Cool story. (laughs) Thank you. Moving on. Thank you. Fun facts. All right. But if you ever had a suit made for you, how long does it count to make? And he goes, well, to get a suit tailored, it takes more than like a week sometimes. Let's just discuss that Michael's wedding suit was being made two days before right. the wedding. I feel like it's just everything about the timelines of this movie does oh, not make any yes. sense. It didn't make any sense. And then can I also point out, I'm sorry, that Julie Ann's birthday was four days. So that's technically the wedding day. Right. Right? I thought she said like three weeks out. Oh, like I don't know. I thought it was four days. Yeah, I think it was a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit. I was drunk when but I also, saw this. <laughs> can we also talk about Surprise how, to no one. Like... This movie technically really does not hold like in modern days when it comes to like oh it didn't age well at age, all yeah because yeah. it's like no. we're talking about oh my god by twenty eight we have to get married everyone in this that room gives is me anxiety yeah <laughs> and none of us are married so are you three you're the only twenty eight year old here I said above twenty eight oh okay I thought you were trying to throw shade <laughs> yeah bitch but <laughs> not only that but the fact that Cameron Diaz is literally in college twenty years old and no one even bats an eyelash at the fact that. 
You that know, would never happen. Would never happen Holly Hart would never let me get married at 20 years old to a mediocre sports writer making $10 an hour. If you gave me a couple goats, I would. You're going to barter me for goats? <laughs> I've been on a goat cheese there kick. I'm sorry. There, call it a deal. <laughs> call it a deal. <laughs> at least a cow, Holly. Jesus. I know. When you were 20, though, a couple gallons of gas, I would have right. considered it because it was rough times. So, like, let's, like <laughs> let me just ask you guys. If this was modern day, what do you think the age would be? Mm-hmm. 40. Like 35, 40. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 35, 40 for sure. When you could legally run for president. Like, you need right. a partner. Like, right. And I feel like there's a lot of parts in this movie that don't necessarily hold up in modern day. The cell phone, the big ass cell phone. phone. Yeah. But not only that, but like even like the beginning song, the opening song in the movie. Oh it, yeah, that's anti-feminist it's for anti-feminist. sure. Anti-feminist. It's literally saying like. All right, so a lot of this is sounding like it's gonna fall in our trash and treasure category. Oh, we got so things to say. we got things to say, girls. <laughs> so let's just go into our experiences. Holly, I will start with you. Okay, so my first experience with this movie is I remember my parents renting it from Blockbuster, which is very common of movies at that time. Um, so I remember seeing it for the first time, renting it, and I was a kid, 1997, I was probably like eight. Didn't really understand it, like understood like what I needed to understand, but then I saw, I've seen it subsequently as an adult, and every time I see it, it's kind of that like, depending on where I'm at in my life, how I view it. Because at first it was like, oh, she should be with this guy, and like she should want him, and now I'm like, no, no, it ended how it should have ended. No, you're nuts. So it, it, it's one of those movies that changes, I think, as you have more experience with life, and the fact that they said 28 makes me laugh. Yeah. I'm just like, woo. Holly at 28 was still hitting the keg stands. Holly at 30 she is still, still is. hitting the keg stands. So. Currently, while recording. Right. While recording. She's upside down. Elizabeth is hoisting her legs in her hair for her. her incredible upper body strength. This is what happens when the boys are on vacation. Keg stands and Keg stands and podcasts. Keg stands and podcasts. Gotta make some merch on that, guys. We right. do. Keg stands and podcasts should be our t shirt. Anyways, Elizabeth, tell me about your experience. So I had never seen this movie. I'm gasping and no one can see me. I was seven when it came out, so no, wasn't rushing to the theaters to see this one. She's like a little little seven-year-old Elizabeth, mama, mama, with her little broken wrist. (laughs) What's a gay man, mama? So no, I had not seen this before I was asked to watch it for this podcast, so I think that kind of gave me an interesting perspective on it. I noticed a lot of the dated things right away, watched it by myself, took notes. Right. You didn't make Jason watch it with you? No. Should have. He's Jay- on vacation, though. Yeah. I know, but I would have, like, called Jason and be like, hey, babe, we're watching this together. <laughs> Turn on that FaceTime. Turn on that FaceTime. <laughs> I'm going to go on a boys trip, but... Uh... Mugga would have been all about it. Mugga oh. would have been like, oh, play it right now. Mugga would have been right in Jason's nook. Like, watching <laughs> it. Like, and I just pointed to the, the nook, meaning, like, your, your armpit. armpit nook. <laughs> like, Mugga and Jason just curled up watching my best friend's wedding. Pretending it's Elizabeth. <laughs> Pretending it's Lindy. Pretending it's Jason. But knowing it's Jason. But knowing it's Jason. It's only right. tender. Right. Tender. Boob grays. Oh my god. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay, Kyle. <laughs> this is Fifty Shades. We gotta dial it back. Fifty Shades right. of Lucas. <laughs> so, my experience is actually pretty similar to Elizabeth. Like, I had not seen the movie. Which was, I'm baffled. I was maybe six or seven when it came out. But I will say that, as I mentioned, I have I knew, I knew of it. I knew Julia Roberts was in it. I know there was an iconic scene with the Say a Little Prayer for You. But other than that, I just knew it was a movie that my mom loved. My mom 
currently till this day still a huge yes. Julie Roberts fan. So us Filipino women. Exactly. So other than that, I really had nothing about it. So I went into it, you know, pretty pretty open, open as far as like what it was. So okay. Um, I saw this movie when it came out on VHS. I'm dating myself. I was 10 years old. My aunt was a huge Julia Roberts fan and she would babysit me and we would watch Pretty Woman, which to my mother's an approval. Mistake. <laughs> Big <Huge>. mistake. Huge. <laughs> it taught you life lessons. It did. It did. It taught you about the economy. It taught you about prostitute. Then you ain't live life. Taught you about ain't no shame. Demand. Ain't no shame. Baby, do your thing. Just make sure you're ahead of the game. Missy Elliott. Um, <laughs> the great Kyle, words of Missy Elliott. Kyle, isn't that tattooed on your body? <laughs> I have Missy Elliott, Missy Misdemeanor Elliott as a tramp stamp on my lower back. <laughs> There's proof. We'll post photos later. Um, <laughs> on the Insta. So, no. So my aunt was a diehard Julia Roberts fan and she loved Pretty Woman. So I saw Pretty Woman at a very young age, which I probably shouldn't have seen. But anyways, so uh, my best friend's wedding came out on VHS and my aunt was babysitting me and I watched it with her and my aunt would always just cry. She had a gay best friend and she would just be like, oh my God, George is her best friend, like your uncle Jesse. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. Um, so as a 10 year old, no idea what was going on. I just thought Julia Roberts was going to a wedding. Didn't know he was gay. Same. Same, yeah. <laughs> At 10 years old, I didn't know he was gay. Right. Even though my fairy godmother was a drag queen, <laughs> still didn't know that George was gay. Um, until the end of the movie. Mm. And then I loved it as a 10 year old, oddly enough. And then as years went by and then I obviously watched it and knew what was going on and kind of set the pace for the rest of your life <laughs> at the right marriage age. pact. Yeah. <laughs> Ripe old age of 10. It sent me to a marriage pact and a gay best friend. And here we are today. Anyways, but that was my experience. I love it. And in defense of your aunt, like I grew up watching Grease, Dirty Dancing, oh God, Pretty yes. Woman. I look at them now and I'm like, Mom, like, there's this a lot was, of subtext. That's Mom, very this was terrible parenting. She's like, you didn't know. It's like we're talking about abortions in Greece. We're talking right? about prostitution, horses, horses. <laughs> no, we're horses. talking about abortion in Greece. We're talking about abortion, and Dirty Dancing. Right. We're talking about prostitution. These are woman. life lessons, right? Anyways, anyone else have anything to say about their experiences, their life changing? No? No. No? I think we... I will say that because this movie is the reason why I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) You saw it yesterday. (laughs) You saw it yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. I decided yesterday. You're out. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Allies, welcome. Great. Um, Now I have to take down all our Instagram photos. Okay. Holly just got dumped on a national Southern California podcast recording. I'm scared. I'm scared. Anyways, let's go into our trash and treasure. Holly, go ahead. Okay, so I actually really enjoy this movie, but I have a few trashes. So my first trash is, let's just go chronologically, is going to be the opening sequence. I don't understand it. I hated it. I don't get it. It was three and a half minutes of water torture for me to watch (laughs) because at first I'm like, is this person in the movie? Is this person relevant to the thing? Like, how is this three and a half minute music video playing into the movie? I I didn't understand it. It was cheesy. It was weird. It was against most of like the norms that you would think of now in relationships. So I just don't like watching it now. And it was funny because when I started this movie, all of a sudden my dad like shimmied on in, into the room that I was <laughs> oh in God, and started I watching know. it with me. I know what kind of dance he was doing. Hands behind his hips. Yeah. 
he yeah. just heard the, the magic melody of thinking, hoping, wishing, praying, and just shimmied into the living room to watch this movie with me. Um, but I was just like, I hate that scene. And he was like, why? It's great. And it's all the, like, it, I, I don't get it. It's right. always lost on me, so it's trash to me. The food critic thing. Yes. I don't understand what? how she can be, like, an established food critic at 28. Like, I get it now because you can be a food critic like with social media you have a Yelp, you're a food critic yeah exactly shout We're out to amanda critics. versus food <laughs> amanda garcia versus food but it was it was one of those things that and it was funny because cameron diaz at the end of it was like you're a big haired food critic like that's what she said is like says an the girl who is giving up her whole entire career and was quitting so college yeah right. never worked a day in her life i digress um, but with being a food critic, I would always think that you would want to be like incognito and like the first opening scene that we see of Julie Roberts, although it's like a lot of character exposition, right. it's like she's making it as well known as possible that she's writing up right. this dish. Whereas like a food critic, you'd want to be as like incognito as possible. I will kill your whole family if you get this wrong. Right. And so I thought that, that was pretty interesting. Another trash I have, I literally just wrote down Michael is a fucking jackass. I agree 100%. Yes. So that, I mean, there's that. I think, I think Dermot, 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 can I just give a shout out to him for being Sean in Shameless? I don't know if any of you watched Shameless. Oh, he was a silver fox in Shameless. well. Yeah. But he was a crack addict. Jesus, there was a heroin, heroin addict. Still hot. Man after my own heart. Man after my own heart. Go ahead. Sorry. He's an interesting character to watch because I feel like he does a lot of stuff to like, not not saying that Julia I like I don't know how to say this politely but I'm just gonna say it um he does a lot of stuff to like egg Julia Roberts on he does he does a lot of stuff to like get her excited so I feel like he's intelligent in the fact that he's like you know he's following his passion he does what he loves like we're not questioning his IQ but I'm definitely questioning his EQ in these situations because he's like giving a lot of this like exculpatory stuff of just like oh you know like Julia Roberts says something like oh I'm surprised like they haven't made you an offer and then the next day, they talk about an offer. Right. And it's yeah. just like... And not only that, but like the whole scene, even on the boat... Yes. He gives her an out to say it. Uh, basically right. express Right, in that feelings. moment, you have to say it. Right. And then like in the first, like the first scene that you have with them interacting without really Cameron Diaz around in the movie, he's just like, oh, I've seen you a lot more naked than that. Yes. You look that was good mine without too. clothes on. In what world is any of his actions I would, I'm sorry. Lose my shit. But I haven't even gotten to the, the most inappropriate. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I have two more until I get to the most Go inappropriate. Ahead. The next one was him like, singing to her like the way you look tonight like their song right when she showed up at dinner like not even slow dancing on the boat when they're by themselves but like in front of his fiance like well kimmy is also a dumb 20 year old so there's that you look tonight but the one that like really trips me up is when he gets the ring off of her (gasps) finger yes everybody everybody took a silent like everybody took a lean back on that one we all just gasped to me it's just like I would be like, okay, let's get some lotion, let's get some sunscreen, any other let's get fluid. some Crisco. You got any get coconut oil? Astro Glide. Just carry it in my pocket for events Holly, like this. Fun fact: Holly is a promo Astro Glide. <laughs> Keep it in my pocket in just, emergencies. Just for like, like this. No, but I'm just saying, I would think of anything else. I would get hand soap before I literally stuck my best friend's finger in my mouth. 
Don't be confused because Holly does that all the time when I get things stuck her on my finger. Her inside her mouth right now. Her, her voice is muffled. Her voice is muffled. Get your out of my mouth. No, but I think that, like, there's a difference because I think he plays, like, this psychological game with her most of the movie right. of just, like, like stating the cracks in their relationship, which I think every relationship has cracks. But, like, he really, like, in that moment, I feel like crossed, like, a physical... He's Absolutely. crossed a physical line, I feel like, the whole entire movie. No, I don't think physical. I, I mean, think, sorry, like, I think emotionally. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, he's like, things that I'm too. like, hmm. I mean, like, not to play devil's advocate or anything, but at the same time, they've known each other for... Nine years, Kyle. I thought there was a part of the movie I've said, known, she said 20. No. There, that he, she was But then she's like, okay, sorry. but not actually yeah. 20. They've known each other for nine years. I redact that statement. But I'm just saying, okay, reverse the situation. You're dating, you're you're about to marry a guy. Yes. And he has a best friend. Yes. And you... I would lose my shit and I would slash her tires. There we go. <laughs> a little less dramatic on my end. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, I no, I would leave like, my... Oh, I'd probably leave him. Cool. I would leave but him. But I just, I don't think there's ever a situation where I can literally defend my partner with saying, like, you physically put that person's finger in your mouth to, like, get the ring what off What that of mouth do, boy? <laughs> Gets rings off. <laughs> Right. You guys are ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so treasures. I'm gonna move on to my treasures. Oh, that was a short trash list. No, I mean, I mean, there's just uh, Michael was a, enough of a character. He's enough of a flawed character. I think Dermot Moroni is like has the personality acting of Toast. Like he's just a bad actor. Right. You haven't seen him in Shameless, but he also though. was in Friends. He kind of played the same cocky little character. He so. does. No, always. I just I feel like he has this one look that they like constantly zoom in like on, and it's just like the smolder where he's got like that mouth scar. Where you're like, he could be a Disney prince, but he's like an edgy Disney prince. He's like, Flynn Rider. I see that exactly, but he's just got that one look. But it's like when you actually get like him on acting chops, I just feel like he's personality of toast, um, dry toast, not buttered toast. What about him playing? The dad in Angels of the Outfield. Just kidding, because that only lasted shit. five minutes. Complete shit. He shit. dropped that kid off at foster care. <laughs> he did. Um, so my treasures, first and foremost, the unsung hero of this movie is the woman who yells, you suck, during karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> She's a treasure. <laughs> first and foremost. We do like to yell profanities. <laughs> we also, if that was our group, we would have been chanting, you suck. You suck. Yes, but we're a chanting group of people. But I think the woman that has the balls to physically yell you suck during karaoke was a highlight for me. Um, the kids when they're singing the helium song. Right. Oh my God. Right Alvin before the, the wedding. Chipmunks. So, yeah. What was that song again? Um, tell him <laughs> that Celine the Dion. sun and moon shine in his eyes. That's not it. That's not no, it. No, that's not, not it at all. I don't know what that was, but that, that was Celine Dion. Celine, are you here? No, that was no, Erica Pasquale. Was... I'm going to go back to my trash for a second. The idea of a four-day wedding. Mind-blowing to me. I mean, like, Nick Jonas and Priyanka have, like, a... Okay, but that was two different cultures, m- like, melding together. Right. Like, you have to have a two, like, a four-day wedding. I just think of it, like, a welcome brunch. It's a- the rehearsal. The brunch before the wedding. The actual wedding. It's like, by then, I've gained 10 pounds. I'm, like, <laughs> upset. I'm I, hungover. I don't have any more clothes left. I don't, my fake lashes have been cried off. Kyle's <laughs> mouth is stuck to the sculpture of David. <laughs> you can would just, be that guest in the wedding. Say that can she be a treasure for you? There are, like, even though this movie is relatively, like, PG-13, there were certain parts of it that I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's, Kyle would be stuck to the sculpture of David, and Elizabeth would, would be running yes, with a freaking with a blow hair dryer. dryer. Like, trying to get him off. No cameras. <laughs> I would be, be taking the one, photos. I'd be the one. 
Holly and I. I'd be posing, yes, as you do. I'd be like, my my vengeful slut of a brother, Kyle, (laughs) decided to lick David. Erica would be the one on the phone, like, telling people where to go. Yeah, I would. I love that. Um, Okay, and so then my final treasure, obviously, is going to be George. Oh, okay. Just George in general. So like as much as Michael is a fucking jackass, George is the goddamn hero of this movie. I love George. I wholeheartedly agree. In every single scene that he's in, and I agree with you, like when it's like a treasured scene, like George has something to do with it or he has some type of realm in it. Like he's the one voice of reason that like makes the most sense. He says straight up, like she's like, George, what's going to happen? He's like, you're going to tell him and he's going to marry Kimmy. Absolutely. Like he's the voice of reason throughout this God. whole thing. Leave it to like, like a gay man just to tell it like it is. A strong gay yeah. man character. I'm glad that a gay man was written to this right. movie because that was not a thing back But in okay, life. then then my question to you is imagine if he was written as like a straight character. Then they absolutely would have ended up together at the end. Right. They would have. And it would have been Brad taken away from it. Yeah. It would have absolutely taken away from it. It would have taken away from it. Because I think the joy that we all get is that she didn't win. Yeah. Yes. Cuz every Crazy woman needs a gay man. <laughs> yeah. To reel her in. To, to reel, reel her, her in. in. Exactly. <laughs> Mine just lets me go. And it's just like, all right, come back, Eric. I, I get on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle, you're supposed to reel me in. TJ, no offense. TJ, I'm sorry. Anyway. I want to like just get your guys' take on this. So I tried to like summarize the four... We got like 4.5 schemes that she came up with to try to break up this wedding. Right. So I want everybody's opinion on it. So number one was the karaoke. Yes. Yes. After that weird ass elevator scene where she's like, you win. He's got you on a pedestal, me in his arms, that whole weird interaction. She says in the beginning, like, he loves karaoke bars and I can't sing a note. Yeah. So I feel she like took that as Yeah, no, so I feel like for Julia Roberts, this is like her trying to show Michael, like, oh She's not for you. She's not for you. Like you have this glare, like you love this and she's not good at this. And this was like her way of trying to do that. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I think it's kinda like it was the first glimpse as to how this movie was gonna turn because Part of me was like, no, Julia Roberts, she's supposed to be like the protagonist, blah, blah, blah. Like, we want her to we win. We want her to win. And then by all of her, like, thwarted attempts to do it, starting with the karaoke thing. But I, sorry to, sorry to interject. I feel like the karaoke was a minor scheme. Exactly. 100%. Very minor. Yeah. It's just kind of like, just let's like, set the pace. Let's see how this turns out. Yeah. But after that, I think she knew she had to, like, up it a little yeah, bit. Oh, like, yeah. She wanted to get her best friend fired. Well, because I think there's this look in her eye. Like, you can just tell she was like... This bitch came to play. Well, because right. she even sat back and just applauded No, she applauded. Her. Like, you had to. Um, so, no, I think the karaoke was just, like, the first thing that it's, like, if that if that would have been her only scheme, I think we all would have been, still would have been cheering yeah. for Julia Roberts. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, then the job offer thing came, where it was just, like, she's, like, I'm surprised you haven't gotten offered you in a nice blue suit. How many times have I seen this movie? Jesus <laughs> Christ. I am agreeing with you. I am um, reciting the lines in my head as well. And so then... She takes that, like, and he was like, no, she would never want me to work for her father's company. And then Cameron Diaz was like, oh, my father and I talked about this. And then she offered it to him as this whole explosion. And then she, like, ends it with, like, no, no. Uh, and, like, Oh, I'm going to get into that with that my trash and treasure. probably one of my least favorite parts. Okay. Oh, my God. But you, you should say that for your trash and treasure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was, that was, like, the second real scheme, which came when Kimmy was like, I'm totally wrong. But I think that's when there was, like, a crack that she sensed. Right. 
that she was just like, okay, like this is possible. This is possible. Like, I'm going to win. And even after that one, I was still like, okay. Still kind of on board. Still kind of on board. I had one (laughs) leg off. Still, most of my weight was on that weight that was on the boat. (laughs) I was okay with it. Number three, we said was George is her fiance. Yes. Which... I mean, I can't even be mad at this step because we got sweet baby George. <laughs> I him. will allow George to be her fiance through and through. Right. Because I want George as my fiance. And it also spawned one of the funniest parts in the movie. Right. Where they're talking about why George is there. And she said, oh, he's only here for a few hours. Dot, dot, dot. To, to fuck, fuck me. me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was, Elizabeth is clutching her pearls. <laughs> I will say that was probably. Elizabeth's pearls are falling off lot, right now. It takes a lot for me to like laugh, especially by myself, like yeah. at a movie. And that one I was busting up just because it felt so out of left field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so out of left field. So funny. And like, what is this rate? Like PG-13? Yeah. Yeah. They got their one F word in. Yes, with, they did. And they made full use of it. Yeah. They it was, did. It was beautifully timed, <laughs> yes. beautifully placed. <laughs> I just want to point out too that she was like, you are going to make this miserable for me. And he was like, 100%. Yeah. And in the taxi, he's like cupping her breast. <laughs> he's kissing her. And then Michael is just mortified at what's going on. And she's staring at Michael. George is all about her. Right. Yeah. So it was great. So yeah. Even I though just, it was, he was just a pawn in her scheme. He went for it. Thank God. Thank God. And you know what? You or TJ would embarrass the shit out of me. I don't think TJ, I don't think TJ would as bad as Kyle would. I think Kyle would ruin one of us if we tried to be like, oh, this is my actual boyfriend. Like Kyle would be like, we're hetero now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I commit 100%. (laughs) To any role that I need to play. Um, no, but my favorite is when they're in the church and she runs down and she's like, judge, judge. And then she like, just like, like beelines for him. Like, and even, then she's like, mom. And then she like slaps her on the ass. And she's like, oh! Not even trying to hide the fact that like, oh my God. Yes. Jules has a fiance. Yes. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Did you know that the ass slap was improv? What? what? <laughs> they did it the first time and Cameron Diaz was so shocked by it that she jumped out of the scene. So they had to refilm it. <laughs> Oh my a second time, but it was improv. <laughs> Rupert Everett, you Just god, slapping ass. Improv genius. Improv no, but genius. it was no, but you can kind of feel that. Like it was just like mom, and then she like slaps her, and then she like turns around because she's right. just like, who just slapped my ass? Like, all right, go ahead. What, yeah. What's your fourth scheme? The email. Oh. This is when you lost me. This is when 100% when I checked out of the building. Okay, describe the email because I have a couple questions about the email. I okay, well. so I the email well. is like when she goes into the father-in-law's office because she was supposed yes. to pick up the father-in-law and take him to the bachelor party. And she sat, she drafts this whole email because remember step number two of the scheming was the job offer. Yeah. And then the email was basically like, I, I need this favor from you. She was writing to Michael's boss. Yes. Of just like, you need to fire him so he can take this opportunity with my company. Like yes. my whole life's happiness, my daughter's happiness depends on you firing this dude so he can take this offer. Yes. So she meant to save it as a draft so that way they could come back into his office and, and like see it. And then it got sent. But then it got sent because, because he, he was, was telling like, his secretary like, hey, I have a couple drafts, like just send those out. But the original plan was that Michael was just supposed to see it on the computer. Right. He was just supposed to see the draft, but it accidentally got sent. Here's my question. And I don't know if you guys know this, the movie You've Got Mail was created subsequently. (laughs) That was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) I was like, really? You 
is a channel. Can we also talk about though when um, she's on the MacBook? Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> um, so my question about that whole scene was because I was kind of confused. Maybe I was a little intoxicated. I don't know. Um, <laughs> most but, likely. Most likely. When she was freaking out about getting into Wallace Enterprises, was she freaking out because the emails were sent, or was she freaking out? Why? She didn't know that the emails were sent, even yeah. though. He says, send those four or five drafts I have like five feet away from her. Apparently she doesn't hear that. So she was so she was trying to get in there because it was like the wedding day is approaching. I need you to see this email, which I'm like, how would she even know that that was a draft? I mean, right. whatever. Plot oh, holes, but that's why she wanted to get in She wanted the to get in there to show him the draft because yeah. she thought that that was going to ruin the wedding. Okay, she that, even has this moment in the movie where she's like, I'm not going to send this. Like, no, no, no. I knew that. I knew that. But I was just wondering, like, why was she freaking out so hard outside of the thing? She wanted to see it. Okay. So that's why she was like, let me get in so there. I need to sh- like, sabotage yeah. him one more time. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And now they're getting down to crunch time. Yeah. So the email for me was like the last ditch effort. Like even if that's just a draft, like you don't involve somebody's dad. Or their career. Yes. I'd be pissed if my best friend ruined my career. You could fuck with a lot of things with me. But my money. <laughs> but my, my money. Relationship, no. No. My money on my man. <laughs> don't fuck with my money on my man. I love it. No, so the email for me is when she lost me on this whole vendetta of like trying to right. like expose the thing because I think that's the one thing that's like truly unforgivable. Like everything else was kind of like it was already there, but she was just trying to get him to see how it was. Yeah. But this one was like going out of her way to actually sabotage things, lie to people, potentially ruin his career. Ruin his career. Right. I mean, his it's a mediocre career, but whatever. Um, no, I think that this this step actually lost the most self awareness. Like there was none. There was none to be had. There was right. none because it was just like you're only hurting people. This isn't yeah. pointing out a glaring inconsistency. This isn't pointing out where you guys are on a misstep. This isn't pointing out what you guys don't have in common. This is like general malicious behavior yeah. of like fire. I would this never dude. do that to my best friend. Right. Yeah. No matter how in love with him you think you are, like you just you wouldn't vindictively do that to someone. And then we kind of discussed like four point five was like her mediating, but I don't feel like that was like it was kind of like a, her a, shit stirring. A, like yeah. she tried, but that's when like the self awareness piece came back in. Yeah. Of just like you know you're what this is another treasure of your. You're a creme brulee, and he wants jello. I kind of like jello more than creme brulee. Oh, I love creme brulee. In the form of shots. <laughs> <laughs> Jello's vile. Yes. yes. Jello shots. For another day. No. <laughs> jello shots. On the other hand. Jello shots. Still vile. <laughs> um, so when she's mediating, I think that that was like the last amount of her scheming. And then when she finally absolutely says it, like, yeah. choose me, love me, and then Kimmy interrupts. And then I think we're George. Like, this is the ultimate voice of reason. Like, he's chasing Kimmy. You're chasing, you're chasing him. But who's, who's chasing, chasing you? you? Like that is when you're like, you stole a bread truck. Yes. I would have stole the bread truck to eat the bread. <laughs> Hawaiian rolls over you, here. You broke up a wedding day of. And you stole a bread truck. Kissed a man. And what did you actually expect was going to happen at that moment? Right. It's like. What are and now like? no one has King Hawaiian's rolls at this <laughs> wedding and I'm pissed. What's going in the bread basket, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing. What is going in that thing? All right. So I'm done with my. All right. Elizabeth. <laughs> Give us your trash, trash and treasure. Go ahead. Okay, so I will start with my trash. Like Holly, I hated Michael. Yes. Yes, queen. I quoted him a few times. Well, read him for says, Yeah, you, feminist woman, you read him, girl. <laughs> you look really good without your clothes on. 
What does that do to you? I'm sorry. You're talking to your best friend. What are we doing? Also, right. No, but I'm saying if that was your partner, if that was your boyfriend, right. if that was your fiance, and you overheard him say that to another woman, like Wedding's you look done. really good without your clothes Wedding's on. What? What is happening? Like, I can't think of a justifiable situation. But then he wants to pretend like, oh no, I really don't like feel that way about you. But you're going to say stuff like, you look really good without your clothes on. I can't think of a situation where that makes Hashtag sense. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Confused. He also says in the conversation at the uh, ballpark, you always like pulled away when I tried to hold you in public. She lets me hold her as long as I want. I got issues with that. <laughs> Preach. She's what? also 20, so I mean... Yeah, yeah, she lets me hold her as long as I want. Also, I mean, with consent, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I'm just... I'm, pray. I'm yeah. disturbed. I'm disturbed. Like, this... I wrote down exactly what he said. Because I heard it... Do you it, think he means that as, like a, like, a, like, a fuck you to her, almost? Like, you always pulled away, but I would. I would doesn't. hope that's what it means, but yeah. just the way that it sounds is just really, like, disturbing to me. Yeah. Like, these are the exact yeah. words that you said. Okay. And then he says, when they're in the train station, thank you for loving me that way. It's pretty flattering. After she told him that she just basically ruined his life and his marriage. Yeah, I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for loving me that way. It's pretty flattering. Like your ego. Yeah. How are you going to fit through that doorway with your head that big? Yeah, imagine if you were Kimmy, like, coming out of the bathroom at the train station, like, oh, fancy seeing you guys here. Do you hear him (laughs) saying that after she just, like, through an atomic bomb through your wedding like oh thank you for loving me that much i would be like if you don't tell this bitch where to go like yeah so he's problematic at best yeah another thing that he said during the there was like the fight about the job offer something at the dinner table yeah he says i'm an insensitive sexist asshole and i'm like because you are okay let's look at your (laughs) other comments that you've made yes we know uh yeah you are (laughs) Maybe I take back my EQ thing because that's very self-aware. Yeah. Like, so, so you're gonna say that, but I, I think he said that as like, I'm not really that, but let me say that to make you feel bad. But right. then if you look at all the other things that he said, it's like, yes, you are. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, Michael, trash. Trash. <laughs> Just as I thought. Trash. Basura. <laughs> uh, a lot of my trash was the singing. Okay. More yes. singing. Singing with the helium. Why is there so much singing? <laughs> the singing is weird and unrealistic. It would never happen. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but at the table, at the say, crab I think place, you need to spend more time with us when we drink. Kyle inhales sing. helium yeah. and he starts singing. <laughs> I'm dreaming a mountain. Like the mountains in spring. It just felt very out of place. Yeah. yeah. It is out of place. And it's... Elizabeth, don't worry. I'm going to get you a Joe's Crab Shack and we're going to (laughs) sing I'll Say a Little Pray for You and you're going to be like, this is beautiful. This is art theater. It's just unbelievable. I'll go back to my seventh grade piano lessons. Dun, 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 dun. I can't. I can't. (laughs) I I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, Let's see what else. Okay, so treasure. What do I have? I wrote down a a bunch of stuff. I put the acting is pretty great. I will will give it that. Yeah. Um, I know. Did you notice the picture of Kim in her dad's office when uh, yes. Juliana's yes. writing it was like the a black and white? Photo. Yeah, it looked like a senior photo. I thought that it was, was a, cool... a sorority photo, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I made that up. Yeah. What sorority <laughs> would she be in? Right, but I actually do love that movies when they put actual pictures, of right? The actors and like. I think that's movies. a nice yeah. like touch that maybe 
Because then it's kind of like she's looking at the computer screen, she's looking at the picture frame, and she's like kind of going back and forth. Uh Those would be the things that I would steal from set if I was an actor. Like the framed. Now that we know you're a kleptomaniac. Yes. (laughs) All right. Damn it. Uh, I liked that the wake-up scenes were accurate of Julianne, like... She was like laying face down oh. and like there's like a knock the on the door. And she's like, oh, I just like, want to I just want to point out that that was absolute and chocolate. I thought Holly Hart was in that scene. <laughs> absolute vodka and chocolate in that hotel with her face mask on. That's literally my life. Yeah. yeah, and her hair is all crazy. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You know how you I'm, see I'm pointing. Right. People can't see me, but I'm pointing. Yeah, but in movies, nodding. and it's like. She did not wake up like and that. Also, like, with like, a full comment, face of makeup. They commented, like, multiple times in the movie about Julia Roberts' hair. Like, about being unruly, blah, blah, blah. But in my thing, that's kind of what made her her. I love No, it. that literally was it. So, like, yeah. I heard... I was listening to... I was listening to something, and they were talking about that. Of just, like, they wanted Julia Roberts to get, like, back to her... Like, that's what people roots. wanted right. from her, is they wanted, like, an authentic... Is that kind of a pun? Get back her. to your roots. roots. <laughs> your roots. Your roots. Her roots. Um, but that's what she said when she was doing an interview for this film, when she was promoting it at, like, Junket, is she's told, like, at this seminar of, like, theater CEOs and, like, things, she's like, I'm back, I have my big red hair, it's unruly, like, this is what you guys want from me, like, go see the movie. Right. And I was like, how freaking sad that your hair plays such a dependent role on like whether people watch your movie or not yeah. like it's yeah. sick but right. I digress so I'll just do one more no keep no going. do all of them <laughs> give it to yes. us I'm looking so at her list it's pretty it's long, pretty long. <laughs> yeah no just give it to us give it to us uh, the friendship between Julianne and George as a contrast between the quote unquote friendship between Julianne and Michael right Love. it's, like, it's kind of like this is what an actual friendship looks like and this is what a shitty friendship looks like yeah Right. But why do you say that? Well, like, I know it's like, I know it's about like when we're seeing their friendship, it's about possession, but then they talk about like my school Michael. memories that they had and right. like, you know, the adventures that they've been on, the trips that they've been on. And I think like it takes this possessive turn. My thing is like, how close are you to somebody to not know A, that they're seeing somebody? Right. Okay. Yeah. Timeline. Well, it did, it yes. did take a month. She's averaging a month to return phone calls. Right. But go ahead. So, but a month, if you're dating someone seriously, you're you're planning a four-day wedding for longer than a month. That's true. Like, and they just met. And to call somebody your best friend and like to actually not talk to them for months, and it just it doesn't seem very realistic. Whereas here, George is opening scene with her, right there with her, and he's kind of like been her anchor throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like when they say my best friend's wedding, sure, that is an old friend. Well, then she is attending that gay, <laughs> gay okay wedding is what she's going to be attending. <laughs> right. It's her best friend's wedding. Right, exactly. Because I don't see Michael as being her best friend yeah. at all. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'm sure you see the same thing because I mean, yes. that was a point of your trash or treasure. Like, right. exactly. I just, I don't want to discount their years of history because remember, well, we're not going to discount that. that. Well, no, but they're saying that, Mar- like, remember, like, Florence margarita the purest right. for french Clearly, cuisine yeah. french there's cuisine his, there's history there but yeah. is that enough to kind of like justify the shittiness yeah. no. no right also the bellboy richard who <gasps> came by. oh Giamatti. my god Paul yes. he said this too shall pass i was like that's yeah. pretty great what's funny yeah. is i was watching it actually with tj and he was like oh my god i love that guy he's in every movie i was like name three he couldn't <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead keep going you mentioned the bakery truck, like her driving the bakery oh, truck, yeah. and the cassette that was playing was "What the World Needs Now." Yeah, yeah. what yes. the world yes. that had me cracking. Needs yeah. now. It's very like, love, like I said, a big contrast love. of like a very intense scene. Right, this is <laughs> like a car chase. It's basically like an action 
like sequence and they're like having this like very demure yeah gentle I'm just saying on this podcast I've done Nick Cage movies and during a car chase it is not <laughs> what the world not needs also no, she chucked her cell phone love. my cell phone would have fallen out there's no doors in that truck it's also but a brick so it's also fine. the 1997 <laughs> Motorola you could literally run that thing over with a and car it's still, still fine yeah it would still work but it just wouldn't get reception anywhere true like alright go ahead so I'll let go of the fact that two people got in cars magically without keys somehow. Yes. That third one, when she was saying, does nobody leave their car unlocked anymore? I was like, okay, I'll Finally. let those first two go because at least you mentioned it. Right. And she ends up in the bakery truck. So. Well, I mean, they also don't have any doors. Right. The other two, it was like, oh, just magically, it didn't have to unlock anything. Just well, the, the first, no, the first one cars. was Kimmy's car. Yeah. There was the first one was, was Kimmy's like, car. BMW, I think. Did yeah. you just like have it unlocked already? You were just ready? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. She bride. knew. She knew. Bride. She's got to make a quick getaway. <laughs> runaway bride. Runaway bride starring Julia Roberts <laughs> and Richard Gere. The valet knew. They're like, this shit's spotty is best. So we're just going to leave the cars in it, it just in case. Leave the in the ignition. There you go. Fresh out the kitchen. Is that all you have on your trash and treasure? I'm done. All right. Kyle? Cool. So yeah, I mean, you guys already touched on like a lot of the points that I kind of was going to make, but I will say to Elizabeth's point, my main trash really was the musical numbers. What? <laughs> like, and I know that it kind of goes. I'm going to sing to you at your wedding four day soiree. Right. Which I understand that, you know, music plays a big role in a lot of movies, but it just felt like such a weird out of place, like blatant attempt. To, forced. Like, forced. It felt very forced to like put it in the movie. Which, I mean, it worked because it ended up being literally the most memorable memorable scene in the movie, but yeah. it just, from the beginning one, like where the opening sequence where it had nothing to do with the plot, none of the characters, and then like the helium thing, and then it just, none of it seemed like very in place for the movie. Yeah. So that was my trash, but I will also say that <laughs> probably like overarching trash for the movie was just J- Julia Roberts' character in general. <gasps> not julia roberts do you trash no, her i mean like no no but walk me through this like, yeah i just felt like going into the movie thinking that she's going to be so lovable she's going to be the protagonist blah blah blah, and then like halfway through seeing you're like well, fuck this bitch person yeah so, yeah and i think a lot of people kind of um reflect that sentiment because you know she just was not uh, someone that we wanted to root for at the end she got kind of what was justified towards her yes agree it's like with, as the movie was progressing, it just felt a little bit more like, uh, like she's not the best person. She's not the best person. She's likable, and Julia Roberts played her fantastically. But at the end of the day, I really don't think that. I mean, it's kind of realistic because nobody's really fully good, fully bad in any yeah. way. And I think that that movie kind of like made it her a little bit more complex in that sense. Mm-hmm. But still, I think her character in general was just not someone that, for most people, would be like a leading character. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I think that's why, like, you had that, like, that crazy reaction from the focus groups that are like, she should die at the end. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. and it's just, but, like, that comes from somewhere. It's a and, bit like, much. Feel, I mean, it's a little aggressive. I'm not gonna lie to you, but like, if she would have stopped, just mm-hmm. that, like, George is my fiance, and then George is not my fiance, I still feel like I would have rooted for her. Right. Well, but can I just... that email for me was just like, yeah, no, go ahead. I'll so, bring like, it, I'll bring it up in my trash. Go ahead. I mean, I honestly had very like I overall loved the movie. I thought it was really good, but like just those little things that kind of like got to me. But on the flip side, I feel like my treasures in the movie kind of definitely made up for the trash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, the first one is actually Julia Roberts like acting. 
It was oh, yeah. She was believable that she was psychotic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that... Believable like she was a prostitute in Pretty Woman too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think like coming from playing like very like cookie cutter roles from like other rom- like rom-coms into mm-hmm. going to this one where it's a little bit more complex. You know, she is able to show a little bit more wide range of emotion. I think that she did it like excellently. Like yeah. she was like hands down, this is probably one of her best performances, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she did get a bunch of... Um, Academy Award and Golden yeah, Globe nominations. You know, bitch trying to get that BAFTA. Yeah. <laughs> bitch gotta get that BAFTA. <laughs> um, but I think the second part to that is that um, George's character is probably my second um, treader. Okay. Um, as a few of us have kind of touched on before, he kind of is like the voice of reason for the movie, whereas everybody else is, you know, reacting and like their actions just don't seem very realistic. Mm-hmm. But he always, like, she always came back to him to kind of figure out like hey what am I going to do what does this mean and it makes sense and I think that overall like he did such a great job of taking a small character and making it such a big one Um, so he did a really good job Yeah. the thing I like most about the movie is that it didn't necessarily have that fairy tale ending or (gasps) unconventional yeah it was very unconventional and I think that it kind of set precedence or like opened up a lot of doors for you know rom-coms not necessarily ending the way that we thought they would because um, we see so many tropes. It's always like, boy and girl fall in love. There's some sort of like thing to get in the way, but the end, ultimately, they always end up together. And this kind of like challenged that idea. Yeah, because I feel like every other rom-com, they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you're right. I am in love with you too. Let's make it work. Right. I feel like of all the rom-coms, there's only two other ones that I can think of where they don't really like end up together. Right. And there's probably more, but I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But like the breakup... With Vince oh, Vaughn, Jennifer yeah. Aniston, and then 500 Days of Summer. Oh, like those are the yeah. two that we're like, reviewing that next. That it's just like, like I feel like this movie kind of like set the precedence and like opened up for that type of ending yeah. to happen because I'm sure a lot of people going into it were probably very shocked and didn't think that's well, how it's going to end. And that was the thing. Like they wanted we, death. They wanted death. <laughs> they calling wanted death. for heads. Like. Well, no, and that was the thing. Like discussed previously. Like we said, um, a lot of the studios were not on board with it. Actually, I don't know if we discussed this, but a lot of the studios weren't on board with it because they're like, there's no way this is going to be a success if this then unconventional ending of the lead not getting the guy, like who's going to want to see that movie? Right. But I mean, they all wanted death, so. I was going to say, like. I mean, it's just, it's realistic. I mean. Who hurt you, Kyle? In real life, (laughs) if this actually happened, like. I think after the very first thing, like even if Kimmy walked in on you know the whole naked thing in the dressing room, I most girls would be like, yeah, wedding's done. No, there's no way. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pawn this ring. Exactly. So I think that the entire movie, because like I said, I hadn't seen it before, but as I was watching, I was like, there's no way they're gonna end together. There can't be any way. There can't be any way. No. Yeah. So the fact that they didn't, and still everybody ended up being relatively happy I was like okay good this is at yeah. least realistic. but did you not like want that at a certain point like with their first like and I'll just I'll be full disclosure did. about this their oh. first interaction in the airport when right. you see them like meet so and genuine, just like so happy. the insane chemistry of just like right I wanted them together in the beginning. Yes, exactly. I wouldn't have been mad with it, but then once that email was sent, it was And I just think like the filmmakers do a good job of kind of playing that balance between what we traditionally would want out of like a Mm rom-com and on the flip end, like realistically, what would we do in that situation or Mm -hmm. what would be an actual accurate portrayal of your life? So Yeah. I'm 
honestly surprised that none of them, not, like, I don't, we haven't gotten to your trash or treasure yet, yes. but I might blow this case wide open. Why have us, why have none of us brought up that Kimmy has no bridesmaids? I am going to bring that <laughs> up it. in okay. my trash. I was hoping that you did it. Okay. Treasure. Okay. <laughs> you carry right, so on. That leads into this, Erica. Are we all done? Yeah. Okay. My first and foremost trash is, I'm not that much of a feminist. I let Holly Hart ride that train right. for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feminist enough to where, you know, like. Yeah. I rock it enough for the both of us. She so. does, she does. But I, I am very feminist enough to where it's like, you know, just, oh, well, you know, I have my opinions, whatever. What I didn't like about this movie was that Kimmy was so willing to give up her. She was engineering or architecture. Architecture, yeah. yeah. She's willing to drop out of college. She was willing to give up her dream of being an architect. She is willing to give up a lot of bullshit for Michael for his mediocre ten dollars an hour writing job. Do they say that in the movie? No, I'm no, just making that up. But it was like low paying. It was like a low fruit. paying, and like honestly, if I was Michael and someone's daddy offered me this much money to write for him, hell yeah, yeah, I would do it. I just because you have no integrity. <laughs> I'd sell out. I'd sell out. No, but I'm saying like as a female, like I would never give up my career, my hopes and dreams to satisfy a man. Right. You got to remember this was 97. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. No, that's you true. You also got to remember the marriage pack was set at 28. So we <laughs> got to just think about also, where we're at. As a, as a 32 year old woman who's bypassed 28. <laughs> no, I just think it's other time. And I think it's just like, I don't, I don't know any billionaire parents that would allow that either. Oh like, yeah. And if so I'm, I'm like, if my, if I told my billionaire parents like, Hey, I'm dropping out of college to go follow my sports writer boyfriend, which I cannot tell if he's baseball Football, well, he basketball. Worked. No, he works for I think he Sport was base- Magazine. No, no, he was he was <laughs> baseball. I don't know what B. He's no, he was know, baseball. He was talking about San Antonio Sweep Sacramento, which is basketball. <laughs> then he's also talking about College Station, Texas, which is oh, college football. Oh, he did, he did, he and did. I'm did, like, oh boy, let's. You what are you writing it about? All. Also, yeah, like they could have gone more creative with the name of the magazine. <laughs> exactly, Sport Magazine. It was an actual magazine. It was an actual was magazine. Really? Yes, and so I learned this, but like I think like that's why they got rights to the White Sox because it's like if they try would would have tried to go for the Cubs, it would have been more expensive. Oh yeah, and for sure. Instead of like ESPN Magazine, they chose Sport Magazine, which is like probably declare bankruptcy soon thereafter. Bleacher, so like, sure. Bleacher Report. Give us free like right. publicity. So, Bleacher yeah. Report, like the Joe's Crab Shack. Um, but no, like Holly says, (laughs) no, like Holly said, like even my parents now would be mortified if I was like, I'm going to give up all my dreams to follow some guy that I'm going to marry. Rick Pasquale would lose his shit. He'd be like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You're going to give up everything you've ever wanted to do in life to follow a dude. Because my daddy's motto was the only guy you should trust is me. And I follow that. Yes. That was my whole Kimmy Looking situation. At you, Kyle. <laughs> Looking at you. Direct eye contact. I did. For the Looking. Show. Looking at you. Um, everyone stated Michael was trash. Yes. I don't know that look in his eye that he got when Kimmy was like crying at the dinner table and he was like, "No, like really, Kim, like blah blah blah, whatever the fuck he said. I don't remember about the job offer." Yeah. Dude. I was more offended by her, like, no! Yeah. Like, her, like, well, no, that like, too. Well, there goes, like, 300 years of women's rights right. you know, down the drain. <laughs> right? All, all of that. All of that was trash. All of that was trash to me. Um, everyone discussed about Michael trying to get Jules to just clearly trying to get Jules to confess her Absolutely. love. And is baiting her. Yes. Yeah, he was overtly baiting sexual. Yes. Like, overtly sexual since the beginning. The whole fitting room scene, the whole... The boat. The boat scene. Just everything about it. Like, if I was Kimmy, 
I would legit be like, dude, no, we're not getting married. You're batshit crazy. Right. Batshit crazy. But I think it's the one person that she suspected too. Yeah. Like she was like, you're the one person I trust. And I was like, you don't trust her as far as you could throw well, it's her. Like, that like saying like, keep your enemy friend, yeah. friends close. But your yeah. And that's closer. what, that's what Jewel said. You yeah. wanted to keep me close to you because you didn't in the bathroom, the whole bathroom scene. Yeah. Holly brought it up. The bridesmaids. <laughs> yes. The, the best bridesmaids she has were the two vengeful sluts under 40. Like her say, cousins. Like red flag number one. She right. doesn't have any friends. Right. <laughs> red flag number one. Like, you didn't have college friends. Right. You didn't have... You're 20 years you're old. You're in college. college. <laughs> yeah, like, where are your sorority sisters at? At 20 years old, I had, like, 15 girls right. lined up to be in my wedding. Yeah. yeah. Michael would have had to suit up and boot up some <laughs> real male right. acquaintances. Yeah. Like, like, get your co-writers in on this. Like, right. Get your grandpa. <laughs> that guy that sang a very nice baritone at the crowd. Your brother who just happened Grimsman. to be Francis from Malcolm in the Middle. Paul Giamatti should get in on this action. Giamatti. <laughs> yeah, so I noticed that the whole lack of girlfriends well, for Kimmy. It was such a big wedding. That was such an event. It's like... Where are your brides? It's not realistic. Okay, but. socialites... They have Nikki Hilton had like 15 bridesmaids at her wedding. Right. That's a socialite wedding. Right. Like you were, your parents are asking you to bring in people you don't even talk to to stand on your wedding line because socially that's what they want for you. Right. And if the Wallace family is so high up on the social ladder, you think she would just have, you would have, she would have more than her two vengeful sluts of a cousin. Right. To be in the wedding. I felt like I didn't see why they were like, vengeful vengeful or sluts i, don't I mean the statue of the david didn't do it for you where <laughs> well, she like, had her mouth blow sure dry like, off of sure it they're a little eccentric and sure they're kind of like out there but i didn't see that for them at all i just like they're them likeable. because they're like the short bald hairy fat one he's, he's mine he's mine they were so funny that's they were I, funny they yeah. were really funny yeah. and they were in tune during the music scene absolutely um okay so those my tra- my trash is very few but i feel like it hits all the nails on the head Right. So my treasure, the crab scene. <laughs> Which they both hated. The, the scene I'm that... I'm not going to say I hated it, but I just thought it was out of place. Hated it. Everyone hated the crab scene, but I love the crab scene. But like I Who's said... everyone? Well, just, just Elizabeth and Kyle. <laughs> um, but you have to keep in mind, I did see this movie when I was like 10 years old. And so for me, I just I didn't know what the difference was. I was just singing along to Dionne Warwick. <laughs> as you do as a 10-year-old. As I do as a 10-year-old. Um, two words, Rupert Everett. Yes. 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 He stole the show. He was a star. He was the man on a pedestal and the straight man in my arms. (laughs) He's the reason you love gay men. (laughs) He's the reason I'm an advocate for the gay men. Seriously though, like I loved Rupert Everett. Like he was a breakthrough actor. Um, learning that he only had a couple lines in this movie, I would have been mortified if that was what really happened because right. he deserved so much more. I'm very glad that he became worldwide, like or recognized worldwide. Sorry, like right. I'm so excited for him. Everything about George, he was he was the best friend. Like that's what you want in a best friend: straight, gay, whatever. That is what a true friend should be. Like, hey, you know what? Look. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You should be able to say to this person, look, I love you. Put your feelings out on the line. But here's what will probably like happen. heartbroken, but also I'll be there for you after. Well, that. yeah, he showed up at yeah. the wedding. Like he didn't need to do that. He showed up in his tux. Yeah. 
just beautiful. Also, George, I, just, I didn't tell you my dress was lavender. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, yeah, I love the whole like thing where it's like, you know, they're talking on the phone and you just, it's it was perfect. Like the reveal that he's actually there. Like, yeah, like I said, it doesn't have to be a gay friend. It doesn't have to be a straight friend. Like it could, that is what I feel true friendship mm-hmm. absolutely should be. You should always be there for someone. Treasure, another treasure, my last treasure. I am 100% glad that she didn't get the guy. Yes. Because she didn't deserve the guy. I mean, given that the guy was trash, <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Jules could have found someone better. So that's my trash and treasure. Do we have any final lingering thoughts before we get to anything? Because I have a couple that I want to talk about too. too. So I think like the overall theme of the movie, it's kind of like friendship, relationship, like what draws the line between it. The entire time I was thinking there's no way that these two people in real life that had this like previous like friendship could just remain friends without at least one of the two right. catching feelings. Oh yeah. So it goes back to that whole have you have you seen the movie When Harry Met Sally? Yes. Which is another movie that I think that we should do on this podcast is just like can men and women be friends? Right. Like, and it's that whole idea that like men and women can't be friends because somebody always inevitably catches feelings. Well, it goes back to the whole five hundred days of summer quote. Sometimes a guy and a girl, they'll be friends. I'm just gonna say Harry Met Sally was like in the eighties. <laughs> well, no, no, but like it was a thing. It was like you'll either be friends, they won't be friends, or someone will catch feelings and it'll yeah. be too late. And they won't be friends. Yeah. So no, I get it. Ultimately, do you guys feel like I guess people that how many phrases? Well, I think the question that you're asking is like, how soon after Michael and Kimmy got married did Jules get the ex? Like that she was yeah. excommunicated from thing, things. Because when I was watching that and I saw that they actually got married. I was like, well, that's not where it's going to end. Right. They're still going to be friends. They're going to show up to baptisms. Exactly. The birth, first birthdays. So this is poorly researched, but there was supposed to be like a sequel in 2001. It was like my best friend's divorce. Oh no. (gasps) But it didn't go through. I mean, it's just like, you can't, you can't like end this. Well, that's my question. That's what I want to discuss with you guys. Do we all think in this time of age, like they would have still been together? Do you no. think they'd be married? I still? Just, but they asked them, so they just did something for Entertainment Weekly where they, they got asked them, them and they all together, thought they would be together. And they all thought that they would be together. Yeah, I'm gonna find the quote. Well, that's what happens when you get married in 1997. You don't know any better. <laughs> Do you actually think that men and women in straight relationships could be friends? Yes, 100. percent Because I am friends with I get that a handful of men who have never. I've never piqued their sexual interest. Right. And they've never piqued mine. Well, no, it's also you. Look you. Like <laughs> I look like a 12-year-old Vietnamese boy. Yes, I know. But no, um, my grandma babysat the neighborhood boys. Okay. So I've, I've been raised with boys. Right. Naturally, you feel... Naturally, I'm a tomboy. Yeah. I actually feel very, not intimidated, because I like to think sometimes I'm an alpha female. Actually, a lot of times I like to think I'm an alpha female. So when it comes to girls, I'm very... Not aggressive, but... You're aggressive. I'm aggressive, okay. I heard of Donald Trump, yes. <laughs> She's aggressive. No, but I am more comfortable. Like, I... when Okay, when I meet females, I'm more like puff my chest out like okay. this yeah. is who I she's am like, she's like me Tarzan you Jane like, yeah she gets like really like aggro female and I'm always just like mm. but like so what does but that come from when it comes to males I always just think to be honest I've had a lot of men say I'm just a guy's girl it's just who I've always been since I was little right see but I I hate it when you say that we've had this conversation we've had before this but I'm also that, a girl's girl let me throw that yes, out there yes you are and this is what I will say to that because when the girls are like oh I'm a I'm a guy's girl and I'm you know I don't like girls because they're drama but like, I don't not like girls that to me is like red flag one two and three yeah. 
Like, yeah. when you're just like, I'm a guy's girl. I don't like girls. They're drama. It's just like, no, like, you're the problem. Yes, like, I agree I like 100%. as many, if you want to classify them male things, like, I like football. I like to talk football. I like to drink beer. I like to do those things. I can get along with everybody. But I'm just like, if you're cool people, you're cool, you're cool yeah. people. Yeah, because I will snatch a bitch's wig if they come after for my females. Right. You know sure. what I mean? And I, I will agree with Holly. And yeah, okay, I do say sometimes I'm a girl, a guy's girl. But I don't mean that. But you're also like, a girl's girl. Yeah, I don't mean that as like, oh, I only like to hang out with guys. Right. That's but not. But do you think that if you're in as close of a relationship, like friendship, I mean, with a male, where you guys went to college together, you almost even briefly dated, and then just still keep tabs with each other, do you think ultimately there could be no feelings there or like yeah yeah 100 I, I just don't see that i know because one of my best guy friends i'm saying like he's straight he's in a relationship about now like and that's where i kind of put a lot of this narrative of like this is incredibly inappropriate right. because he's in a relationship now and if he would say like oh you look good without your clothes on yeah i would be fucking mortified right. like and he's not even my my boyfriend my partner like i just yeah. know that like we've had we've been friends for over a decade like he's been there for for well, some shit. I've been if it was there gonna for happen, some it would have happened by now. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. And that's my mentality is like he's in a relationship now and it's fine. And right. like I'm I'm happy for him and he's happy in that relationship. There's no residual feelings. If they were to get married, I'd be like, that's amazing. Right. I'm so happy for you. But if like he would have crossed any one of these lines, like that we agreed that Michael's a complete and total asshole. Like if he would have said any of those things, I would have been like, You are out of line. Yeah. Like, I also who are you. I also think that Jules was also very she had like rose colored glasses on because she was also trying to get this guy mm-hmm. I think if she didn't want to be with Michael and she wanted to just you know be there for her best friend for his wedding and she, he were to say these things to her I would like to think she'd take a step back right. and be like Michael and it, like it's also kind of shitty because it took him getting engaged to realize oh shit I'm in love with him when you've known him for nine after, years. Yeah, after nine yeah. years yeah. and you've been keeping in touch. Right. Now you all of a sudden so realize it's that? Like it's, it kind of like shows like what are your actual motivate? What's what's your motivation? Like what made you think this? I, mean, I think she says that multiple times throughout the movie. I don't think it's love. Like I think there's a feeling of love. It's a competition. An act of love. She, yeah. She's, and I think she feels like the feelings like because you can love someone. But it's just like the act, like she just doesn't, it's possession, it's winning. Right. It's like, that's my person, that's my best friend, yes. my partner. It's like, how I get when Holly, <laughs> when other girls try to come for Holly. That's well, we my best friend. That, like, anytime there's a male, female best friends, it's always going to cause some sort of tension. Well, people always question. Like, yeah. like, like, we were just discussing this last weekend, it's just like, Kyle, you are a male and I am a female. And when people see us in photos together, it's automatically like you guys are in a relationship. You guys are together. That's your boyfriend. Like they assume where it's, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) we are having a baby together, (laughs) but you are pregnant with my baby. (laughs) It's very serious. We're now announcing it on this podcast, but, um, welcome baby Kelly long. (laughs) That's the closest I get to a baby looking like Erica. So I'm excited. Um, we're really excited as I drink a white claw. (laughs) Gonna, things are looking the great, first guys. trimester it's okay i know no but it's just people automatically have that assumption if they yeah. see a guy and a girl that are close and they don't know specifics like even if you were heterosexual like and i was heterosexual like there's no no saying that we would be in a relationship right we probably would be but okay so my question is like yours is like how soon thereafter do they cut her off like and right. get her out of there my question is where is their marriage now i know that they said that they're still together like that's they what thought they the say, cast yeah. said i think i think they're divorced to be honest with you there's no way there's no years. way that you get married at 20 to someone who's 
28. She's probably a virgin and still, too. they're in, like, very different parts in their lives, so I just don't see that working out nowadays. Well, I just don't think it was built on honesty, either. Yeah. It wasn't. And it's, like, from the very start, they're already having these issues and trust and all this stuff, and, like, his best friend, so it's just, it doesn't bode well for Kimmy yeah. Boo. They had so little in common. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, she goes to the karaoke bar, she's uncomfortable. She's not even at the ballpark. There's right. all these things where it's, like, they can't do this together. That's eventually going to cause All signs point issues. to Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also just, like, her giving up her career and her giving up all those things and him not taking a job with her billion billionaire father... It's just like, what are we really doing? Yeah, here? because like, like, I mean, I would like to think that us females would agree. Like, would we give up our careers for no. men? No. Again, no. this was '97. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to realize, like, in context, this was a different time. There was, there was like a certain expectation that, like, that you get married. Yeah. Like, my grandma talked about: you graduate high school, you get married. That's what you Whoa. do. There, and, and and I know that's a lot longer than '97. Yeah, it's a lot longer ago than that. But there was this expectation of you graduate and you get married there is no you go to college you further yourself you further your career you do all these other things first it was a different time back then and now the same grandma is like pushing me to get my phd right. but <laughs> you know she's well in, in her she's time woke. yeah things and that's changed. why well, i feel like um people didn't initially relate to julia roberts at first because she was a go-getter yeah, she had a go-getter, career she's strong she has a career already set in place she's kind of challenging all these ideas of marriage she was very unconventional yeah. for 1997 that's why i feel like at the time people didn't see that yeah but nowadays i would say majority of people would probably relate more to her than kimmy yeah they'd be like oh kimmy you bitch yeah you you lay on your back bitch (laughs) i don't know i don't know i try i i try to go like a context like a like a dog like just laying on his back i don't know i don't know sorry anyways do we have any more lingering thoughts before we get into how much we would pay for this movie all right, so we will jump into how much would we pay for my best friend's wedding? Holly Hart. I would give it $10. Okay. Okay. Why? No, that's fine. Like, so why? No. No, so I think, I always think about things like, one, how I felt about the time watching them. Okay. And I feel like it's different every time I watch it, and I feel like it kind of, there's a part of me that, like, is like, okay, this is a real thing. You know, when when somebody that you love gets married, you feel like that like an ex or like a really good friend that you're like, oh, this person's a great guy. I right. wish the best for them. But then it gets into all these issues of like female on female dynamics. Crime. And it's crime. Just like <laughs> female, female crime. Female, female I mean, crime. I mean, there was almost an assault in a bathroom. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Verbal things were said. No, I just, I think it pits women against each other in that in the stage that I'm in right now is just not. We are empowering women. It's not the vibe. It's not yeah. the look. It's not you know, kind of thing. So I think at the time when it was made, I very much agree with Elizabeth. It was like, you know, they're making a marriage pack for 28. Right. Now, most of us here are over the age of 28 and we're all just like, no, thank you. But are we even <laughs> making marriage packs nowadays though? I don't yes. Think- I have like four solid lined up. <laughs> so like if it doesn't happen at 34, 35 or 36, I've got one at 40. I think I'm fourth alternate. So sorry. <laughs> I think I did a bad thing and just made a baby pack with TJ and was like, if I don't have a baby by then, can you just donate your sperm to me? Yeah, and that's still going strong. So that's we're still good. going we're strong. Still we're good. good. Place, All right. So. I think the vibe now, it's very hard because they feel like of when it's made, it's great. It was entertaining. It was exciting. It was it was something that didn't end the way that I think traditionally you think it should end, and I loved that. That's the same reason why I love the movie The Breakup. But I think overall, yeah, I'd give it 10 bucks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Elizabeth? 
So I'm really stuck between five and ten. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Let's, let's, walk, let's talk through this. Treat Joseph. Uh, <laughs> give an extra five. <laughs> After talking about it this much and like seeing everything that went into it, I want to give it ten. But then I think about... But the feminist in you is like... <laughs> one, yes. five. I don't, you don't even need to be I, feminist. I just... I mean, common sense. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. True. 100% true. I just... I don't know. I laughed a few times. The singing was awful. <laughs> I can't. I'm looking at my trash and treasure right now. I'll say 10. Right. Oh my goodness, yes. Kyle? So I too thought long and hard about this. But 20. I. 20. <laughs> There's. <laughs> on the table, 20. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I gave it a 10 as well. Um, I think if it was the time of, like if I was in 1997, I was. Like, if this movie came out, I probably would Calling your friends with your brick cell phone <laughs> yeah. to tell them about I it? I fully probably would have given it, like, a 20. It had a leather phone cover, too. Do you <laughs> <Yeah>. notice that? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. But I think, like, looking back at it, if this movie was released currently, I probably would not spend more than $10, mm-hmm. if that. Because even yesterday, when I was buying on Amazon, I was like, oh, I'm going to pay $3.99 for a 48-hour yeah. rental. Yeah. But, but you're going to watch it again. I will watch it again. Okay. Probably. Get so, your money's tonight. worth. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to watch it three more times to make sure I get my money's worth. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a great movie. I think it still, you know, holds its place in like American cinema. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of parts of it that just did not quite hold up. Okay. But that doesn't take away from the performances and kind of like the overall theme of the movie and like what it did for movies at the time. Okay. I don't know why he gasped when Holly said 10 <laughs> because in 1997 I would have paid $6 for yeah, this because that's how much it costs for that matinee <laughs> ladies and gentlemen also it costs like $2 to run it a blockbuster that's right. true but in our time I would honestly also give it a 10 I thought about giving it a 15 before I researched it before everything because like I said I saw this movie first when I was 10 years old and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. Not knowing what the context was. As I got older, as I did the research on it, as I watched it again for the billionth time, finally sat down and took in what was going on, I was like, oh, yeah, no, none of this seems okay. <laughs> like, so I am also going to go with a $10 rating. All right, so since I'm the mugga of this podcast, I get to do the math. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a lot of math. Um, it's a lot of math. Say, as, an, as an English major, you know, I just like to plug my skills here, uh, that we would give this movie a $10. Tens across the board. That's Tens actually a good rating. That's really how much is. we would pay. In, that was more than what we would pay in 1997. Right. right. Let me just tell you I all think that. I like mathematically it doesn't quite translate to like the reviews because 10 out of 20 would be like 50%. Exactly. But right. I think all things still counted for general consensus is we enjoy the movie. We enjoyed the movie, yeah. So we have to ask the, the, the end all be all question since the boys are out of town. Tom Cruise <laughs> who oh. would play okay, who here, Tom. would Tom Cruise would play? We're gonna go with Holly. Kyle, we have two people to think about it. Go. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like trying to he can't replace George. No. Because Tom Cruise is a gay man blasphemy. He's a Scientologist. <laughs> and Julia Roberts is also like a giraffe. <laughs> Why would we put? Imagine like if sense. this was a straight, a gay film. Tom Cruise was Julia trying <laughs> oh to marry God. Michael. He's trying to get Dermot Mulroney. Yes. His name yes. is Jules. Yes. No, 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 Jules. No, 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 no. I take this back. Julio. He is Julio. Cameron Diaz. Can you imagine Tom Cruise during that karaoke scene? Can you imagine Tom Cruise during that karaoke Absolutely. scene? Absolutely. Yeah, he's Cameron Diaz. Wait, what? <laughs> 
He's Kimmy? Now Julia Roberts is trying to get in between an LGBTQ marriage. Oh, with their LGBTQ best friend. Okay. Right. Go ahead. I'm going to say the bellboy Richard. (gasps) Comes in clutch. He makes the cameo. It's kind of like a quick little cameo. Not the biggest character, but also probably could do a lot with it. Oh, that's what you think too? No. Oh. (laughs) I would probably say if it was like modern times, I would probably put him as like the father figure in the movie. You know, just kind of like... Well, uh, with, with Cameron's dad? Cameron's dad. Um, just kind of like throwing money at people, you know, obviously this very powerful person, but I can't see him playing like any of the main characters. So. Not even Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Not even Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Not even Cameron Diaz. <laughs> yeah. I would have him, the cameo as the brother. Okay. I've got moves you've never seen. And he's going to be like, Vanilla Sky, bitch. Yeah. I had those moves. Even oh, yeah. though Vanilla Sky like, came after. We will meet again. We will meet again. Um, I have him playing the brother. I see that. The best man. But like an awkward best man. Like Tropic Thunder best man. I could, yeah. Like he, we didn't like know it. Like a wedding it. crashers. Like, like a we- Like we didn't know it was Tom Cruise. Lover, he, was, he was wearing like a wig or something. But... He snatched his wig <laughs> off and he was like, hey ladies, Mission Impossible. Here it is. There it is. Here it is. It just took a turn. You just created a whole new character. I'm going to create a fan fiction when I write, right. go home. Where Tom is the best man. He's And he's like, and Julie Roberts is like, oh, didn't she know the best man and the maid of honor have to dance or whatever the fuck she says. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it turns into like an affair. Cool. An affair of sorts. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Write that fan fiction for me. Tom Cruise, Vanilla Sky. Um, feverishly taking notes. We don't have a pun counter today. God, we dropped the ball on that one. We we had any puns. We really we didn't have any puns. any puns. We missed Kerwin for the puns. Yeah. So I think that's it, right? Yeah. All right. We will end this with maybe there won't be marriage. Maybe there won't be sex. But by God, there'll be dancing. <laughs> dancing <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of $20 ticket follow us on Instagram at $20 ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed if you have any comments or suggestions send them to $20 ticket at gmail.com that's two zero the numbers $20 ticket at gmail.com be sure to subscribe to us via Apple podcasts and thank you for listening when you could legally run for president like you need right. a partner like right. <laughs> that was a chair. That was a chair. It wasn't me. I'm, I'm uncrossing my legs. Did okay, you feel very bad that was? You... <laughs> I hate this chair. Holly's farting here. Not to be confused with a chair. Those are farts. Okay. Will you stop crying? <laughs> Holly's farts entice me to. brings me to tears. It brings a <laughs> reaction deep down. Makes her eyes water. <laughs> oh my god, it's like the onion smell. <laughs> Shrek. I, like, I feel like this is Shrek and Donkey. Is this like, Shrek, was that you? My mouth was open and everything. Says, <laughs> you fill up my senses like a. Nut you in the fill forest. up my senses. Okay, we'll get to that after your trash. Like the mountains Like the mountains of springtime. Okay, we'll get back to that. We'll sing that okay. later. Oh, sorry, I had some gas. Oh, um, gas. She's been farting. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> she did fart earlier. I did not. You guys are rude. Okay.